You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. And it saddens me, it truly saddens me to say this, but we have reached the end of Scheme Theme Month. I've had a blast putting together these episodes and talking some hardcore X's and O's over the past couple of weeks, but today is the last one because we are about to embark on the stretch run to the 2022 season, which means, yeah, we're about to go into overdrive getting ready for this next season. So today's it. This is the finale for Scheme Theme Month, and with this final Scheme-centric episode, I figured I'd give you guys a chance to ask your Scheme-related questions directly, so we're going to do this one mailbag style today, but before we do that, I think it's about time we do this. I've been teasing it for a week or so that I had some announcements for you guys, And I do, I have some, what I think is really exciting news to share with all of you out there. I'm really excited and I hope you will be too. I think you will be. And I guess first up, well, do you want to do this yourself? I'm back. She's back. Officially, can we officially say? I mean, kind of. What does kind of mean? No, you know, that's not what you told me. I mean, I'm back. All right, I'm gonna take you at your word here. But for some of our newer listeners, Tell everyone who you are. Remind everyone. It's been a while. Even some of the people who've been around for a while, they've probably forgotten who you are at Gee, this point. Am I that forgettable? Okay, that was kind of low. That's not what I meant. I'm just, it's been a while. It's been it's a while, okay. Charlie. I've been treated worse. It's been a while. This is my intrepid co-host, Charlie, who's been helping us out for, I don't know what, is this like, would this be like the fourth season? I don't know. Everything, I know for sure last year. I know for sure 2020, maybe some in 2019. I have no clue. It's a blur. I mean, COVID, yeah, made that's every, why, yeah, I don't even. So I haven't been around. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, I don't even know. What, COVID's why you haven't been around? No, just like. You almost died? Busy. What? No. No, listeners, he's he's lying. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you've been. I just needed a break for a little while. A break? It was busy. It must be nice to have the luxury life, to take a break. Sorry, life got just in the kidding. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Maybe I won't be back. I no, 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 I'm so excited you're here. I don't feel very I, welcome. No, you, you are. We need you. I need you on this podcast. You got an odd way of showing it. You know I just have to give you a hard time. I am thrilled you're back. I've been trying to recruit you back. Let's tell the audience, like behind the scenes, I've been trying to get you back on here for, what, three, four months? I mean, I don't know. And you keep making excuses? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so what do you call work. it? Uh, yeah, a lot of people work. Yeah, and sometimes you need a little... You know, free I get time it. No, to recharge, yeah, no. as they say. In all seriousness, Charlie, we love you. We're very glad you're back with us. I think for the rest of the summer, at least, well, okay, periodically the rest of the summer, right? But full time once with the season. Yes. That's what we discussed, right? Correct. So it won't necessarily be every single week the rest of the summer, but I would say semi regularly until yeah. we hit the season. And we hit the season, then we'll have the regular schedule. Couple of times a week, Charlie would be on here to help us to help us out. And Charlie, I know I got I know I gave you a hard time, but I just want to say on behalf of our listeners, welcome back. Because I know you don't believe me when I say this. You have no idea how many questions I get every week, every month, asking like, "Where's Charlie?" And you know, 
it, it's weird. Like the tone has changed of those questions. I, I, I've shown you some of these. Like I had to show guys. I had to show her like actual photographic evidence that people were asking where Charlie is. She didn't believe it, but once I even I still don't think you actually believe it. I don't. You know I can't. I'm not smart with the manufacturer of that kind of stuff. Not being liked. Well, I mean, I don't know if they like it's, you. That's true. There's no proof that they like. No, of course they. They do. might be hoping. I hope I'm they do. Off hope the show do. forever. That's, I mean, look, like you can it. never please everybody. That's I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that wish I would just shut up. Yeah, well. <laughs> and I, the I, courage to be this, be the host the full time. Yeah. Well, or maybe not. Who knows? All right. Well, what are your other announcements? I know people are waiting. Some of them may already know. Okay. Well, um, I think some people probably guessed. Well, you I mean, know. you can find it if you're on iTunes. It gets suggested. Oh, you're really teasing. I, no, you're getting ahead iTunes, of you're, you're, Is it called iTunes? I mean, yeah, back the in 2007. App? But Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Okay, I just know how to find things. Apple on podcast, my phone. Charlie. It's the purple button. Yeah, Apple podcast. That is. It is a purple button if you if you're an Apple person. All right, let's. I guess let's get to the other announcements here. Charlie's trying to to move us along. So second announcement. So we got three of them. Charlie's the first one. Welcome back again. Sincerely. Second announcement is that this podcast is not going anywhere. We just signed a brand new contract with our current distribution partner. Which means that we are going to be here for a while. We're going to continue to bring you our brand of Georgia sports coverage on into the future for better or worse, Charlie. I hope for the better, but who knows? But I'm pumped about this. We started this podcast back in 2015. Charlie, who was head coach in 2015? Mark Rick. Mark Rick. Your beloved Mark Rick. My beloved Mark Rick. Yeah. Yeah. We both love Mark Rick. Remember, you remember when he was fired? Remember that day? Vividly. Remember, I, I, exactly I called you. I, I called you and I was like, yeah. did you see the news? And you're yeah. like, what? Well, where were you? I was in the dressing room at Ann Taylor Loft. Ann Taylor Loft. Went shopping. That it, doesn't even remotely sad. sound like was, you. I know. It was I don't, random. I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, you've never actually gone shopping. Gave I think, me a phobia of shopping ever since, even more so oh, than before. Oh, yeah. That's trauma. Trauma. That's trauma. It'll do that yeah. to you. But yeah, I, I remember like it was 2015, Mark Rick was the coach. I remember calling you when that happened and you're like, you about lost your mind. But we've been here for a while. And uh, when we started this show back then, I had no clue what to expect. We just knew that, and back then, I mean, Charlie, we love you, but you weren't working with us then. It was just Curtis and I. So Curtis and I, we just knew that we wanted to create the kind of Georgia sports content that we had always craved as diehard fans ourselves. And truly, I had no idea what would happen. Didn't really have any expectations, but fortunately... There are a lot more diehard fans out there like us that we're looking for something, I guess, maybe a little more substantive. I think that was the goal for us in your UGA football coverage. And then after starting with like five listeners an episode, I remember those days vividly. Here we are still rolling, stronger than ever, and uh, we are thrilled to, to keep on going here into the future. And finally, the final announcement here, Charlie, you were trying to get to here, I'm really excited to announce that not only did we lock up the future of Glory UGA with this new contract, but as part of this new deal, our partners have presented me with an opportunity to do something that has, quite frankly, been a dream of mine for a while here. And that is to launch a brand new national college sports podcast, which will be called Never graduate a college sports podcast. That is what I settled on. And Charlie helped me with this. I ran, I mean, I don't even know how many different variations, the different ideas by Charlie, because I don't ever trust myself with stuff like that. And I was like, all right, Charlie, you got to be my sounding board. And so if you don't like that name, blame Charlie. Yeah. So I was asked for recommendations, feedback, mm, but lots of feedback. I'm not allowed to be on that podcast. No, 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 no. Don't even start with that. You are allowed to be on that podcast. Charlie. I haven't been invited to be on that podcast. Yes, you have. have you not. and Curtis both have opened. Curtis says he can't do it because he has, a real has job. well, I mean, I guess, yeah, you said it, not me, but he's embarking on a new law career, which is going to entail a lot of hours, and I get it. He'll still be on Glory UGA, and we're glad he's going to be back with us, but yeah, he's not ready to take on a whole new challenge. Don't don't even do me like that. You know I put that out there. You said you weren't sure if you would have time. I don't recall ever saying that, but sure. Are you are you being serious right now? Yeah. Okay, okay. That, that We had that conversation. 
I mean, we might have. I don't remember. Okay, it. we definitely had that conversation. But Shane, you're welcome. Hmm. Listeners, let us know. Let us know if you want Charlie on the podcast. Because I would love to have Charlie on the podcast. It's a matter of does Charlie want to be on the podcast. But at the very least, I will be on there. Maybe we'll have some appearances by Charlie. And uh, I do want to thank you, Charlie, for helping out with the name. Also, I'll give Charlie credit here. The the logo. I, I did create the logo, but Charlie... Gave me some pointers. This is like a, a slight compliment. Well, no, is I that not factual? I, I spent a lot of time. I, know I had to teach saying. myself how to do graphic really, design to create this, Charlie. You're really hyping yourself up there, but yeah. I'm not. It's great. I, I like it. Charlie, it's it's not like a great logo, but like I had no idea how to do it. So the past couple months behind the scenes, I've been trying to teach myself how to do all that stuff, doing all that research. And I sincerely appreciate you giving me advice on what looked good and what looked terrible. And so the final product is uh, very much... I'll give you credit. We'll call it the Charlie creation. I color mean, it scheme, everything. Like an old Miss. Yeah, that was what I was concerned scheme, about. But I, was, I like it. Like when you're doing a college sports podcast, basically, when you talk about the landscape of college football, what color scheme can you use? That color scheme is used by some team out there somewhere. I mean, the only thing you could use was like pink. Yeah, like and if like you were trying to not. I was, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a bright color kind of like guy. I was like pink, neon pink, hot, neon pink, neon green. You would love it. Oh, I would have loved that, but like, you think we're going to attract a lot of you college sports right listeners? Green. That's Oregon. I can use like neon. I guess you're right. No, that look at their uniforms. Yeah, I guess. But I figured like, I know you said Ole Miss colors, and that was my fear. But to me, it's red, white, and blue. I fear red, white, and blue. Go America is well, as neutral as we can red, get. Red, white, and blue would have been navy. It is. I, I swear to God, navy. it's navy. It's navy. It's, it's, navy. it's navy. It's navy. It's navy. It's navy. All right. You're well, colorblind. Okay, fair enough, but I appreciate your help on that. So, yeah, we are launching a brand new national college sports podcast. Again, it's going to be called Never Graduate, a college sports podcast. And I just want to say a couple things about this, guys. To say that I am excited about this opportunity is probably the understatement of the century. Is that fair to say, Charlie? I've been excited about this. Like, you have been. I mean, I, I've been asking you, bugging you about different things and ideas. Like, hey, is this a good idea? Is that a good idea? But not allowed to be on it. But oh yes, I'm happy Don't to help even. in any way I can. Well, you've been a great help. And yes, you are allowed to be on the podcast. But look, obviously I'm a Georgia guy. And that will never change. That's in my blood forever. But if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you also know that I am basically just a college sports junkie in general. That's kind of what I am. I love college sports. Not a pro guy. I'm a college guy through and through, and I am truly thrilled, and I really don't use that word lightly, but thrilled to be able to cover college sports on a national scale, in addition to covering Georgia sports like we do here year-round. And trust me, guys, I want to make sure that I say this here right now so no one gets confused here. Glory UGA is not going anywhere, right, Charlie? Correct. Nowhere. Charlie is committed. I'm committed. Curtis is committed. We just signed a new deal. This is my baby. This is Charlie's baby. This is Curtis's baby. This is all of our baby. We've worked very hard on this. We've worked too hard building this thing up just to give it up. In fact, the plan for Glory UGA is for this to serve. Well, we want this to serve as the model for this new Never Graduate podcast. My vision is to take what we do here, take kind of our brand of in-depth, hardcore Georgia sports content and apply it to the national level. And like with the Glory UGA podcast, eight seasons ago, Charlie, can you believe that? Eight seasons ago when we started this thing? That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I was, I was in my 20s eight years ago, Charlie. That's I am not, not in my 20s anymore. No, we're not. I'm not. Not even close to my 20s anymore. No. No, I was a young man. I, um, I still didn't have hair back then. Not much. Maybe a little bit more? I don't know. But it was a long time ago. And look, just like that eight years ago, I have no idea if anyone will listen to this new podcast or how things are going to go. But what I do know is that I love college sports, especially college football. And I know you guys do too. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fire up the mic a couple times a week, every single week. Charlie's welcome to come on there with me if she wants to. And I'm going to get on there. I'm going to talk college sports the same way we talk Georgia sports on this podcast, regardless of whether anyone is listening or not, because I love it. I just love college sports. And the last thing I got for you on this, before we get to all of your questions, I know we've kind of gone long on this, but I want to make sure you guys had all the details and what's going on behind the scenes. So last thing I got for you here is this. I need you guys. I need your help. We need your help. We need you. None of these opportunities 
would be possible without all of you who have been here supporting us over these last eight years. Many of you from the very beginning, you know who you are. We love you guys. Some of you more recently, you know who you are. We still love you guys. But whether you've been here from the beginning or more recently, you guys are the reason this podcast exists. We would not be around if it was not for you. I mean that sincerely. We created this show for fans like you, and you have stuck with us through the ups and the downs, through the independent days when we first got started, then through the dog sports radio days, which, man, that one went up in flames, through Podbean and now here. And you are the reason that we have been given this opportunity. And I've said it so many times over the years that I feel like y'all have to be tired of it by now. But I'll say it again. I'm eternally grateful and endlessly humbled by your support. I I mean, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think all of us are, right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. And also, he really needs your listens, guys, because... We're getting to that. He uses his podcast as an out for many family and social functions and as a way to justify to his family why he can't go do x y or z because he's working on the podcast especially when working on the podcast is a saturday night drinking watching old tape oh speaking of this charlie okay i was gonna bring this up my brother love him dearly do you want to tell our audience what he is planning to do this fall oh it's a sin i feel like i live in an alternate reality he is getting married in the and fall. not taking one saturday in the fall but two two it's a travesty he's having his wedding once i think the south carolina weekend and then he's having a reception a totally different weekend the weekend of the vanderbilt game i i i, I i'm speechless charlie i have no words i i don't even know what to say all i know is i won't be there and like, I mean, it's just... You're going to get killed by your listeners. I, I'm sorry. No, there are nine other months out of the year that you can get married. I think it's... People can call me selfish for not going. Here's a question. I got money tied up in this. Non-refundable money tied up in is this. Is your dad going? Probably, but in talking to him about it, he is not happy. He's trying to He's trying to manipulate the situation to where he... Can't get to a bar quickly? Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, But I'm not going. I mean, I'm going to be in Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, do I feel kind of bad about it? Mm, I don't know. I guess a little bit, but sorry. I mean, you can call me selfish. I probably am. I'll I'll own that. But isn't it also selfish, Charlie, when you live in the South and you have an entire family of football fans and you do this in one of the three months out of the year that we all live for? I mean, not everybody likes football. What are we talking about? Anyway, so love him. Love my brother dearly. But I just, I, I don't even... I don't even know, Charlie. I don't even know. Anyway, so still in shock. I'm yes. I just don't even. I I I am I'm speechless. I and now you're starting to sweat. I am. I I mean, just it's it's unbelievable. But anyway, I don't even know where I was, Charlie. What were you talking about? Yes. So we are there. Listen. Yes. Okay. Yes. We are thankful, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. I hope you know that by now. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything. Sincerely. I mean, trust me, I know who's responsible for this success, and it sure as heck isn't me. It might be Charlie, it might be Curtis, but it's not me. I think it's more about you guys than anything else. So thank you for that, sincerely. But saying that, this is what Charlie was alluding to, you guys have been so good to us over the years. So good, in fact, that I hate to ask any more out of you. But here I am doing exactly that. Again, guys, I need you. We need you. We need your help. We've been planning on and working on this podcast for the past couple months behind the scenes. I mean, at least a couple months, Charlie, right? Yeah. A couple months here. Sounds I mean, like it. yeah, that I mean, it's been a right. co- yeah, a couple months. And we kind of kept it quiet, kind of trying to put things together and get it ready to go. And uh, now we're ready to go. I mean, here's here's the deal. I'm going to do the research. Charlie's going to do the research. If she decides to come on there, I don't know. We're going to watch the games. We're going to do the homework and just generally work our butts off, do everything that it takes behind the scenes to give you the best, most in-depth national college sports content out there. But the simple fact is we don't have a big national media conglomerate behind us promoting the show. That is not how this is going to work. We don't have ESPN or Fox Sports or CBS Sports Network or, I mean, heck, even like a local radio station, Charlie. We don't even have that promoting this this new podcast i'm just some dude charlie's just some gal um and we just happen to love college sports so never graduate is going to be homegrown just like glory uga has been it's going to be a grassroots operation from the get-go and for it to have any chance of working we need your support we need you guys to help us out 
If you enjoy this podcast and also happen to love college sports in general, like me, like Charlie, please, please go to Apple Podcasts, not iTunes, as Charlie says. iTunes I is. Mean, it's- I mean, yes, yeah, it's an Apple thing, yes. But please, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, search for Never Graduate, a college sports podcast, and subscribe today. The first episode is already up, already running for you guys, just waiting on you. Please give it a shot. We've worked hard on it. Please give it a shot. I know you probably have other national podcasts you listen to, and that's great. But out of the kindness of your hearts, please add this one to the rotation. I, At the very least, I don't think you'll regret it. I think we can say that. Uh, I think pretty quick you'll see that we're going to be bringing you something a little bit different, a little more substantive, a little more geared towards fans like you. So like Charlie said, yes, every listen, every download counts. And if you partake in social media, which is not Charlie. Charlie, have you ever tweeted in your life? Yeah, like once or twice. I remember like when we started. I like to scroll Twitter. It's where I like get a good yeah. laugh. I'll be honest with you. I like I like interacting with our fans, people that listen to our show. I don't like the trolls. You know, you get trolls out there and that stuff. I don't got time for that, but that's just part of the game, whatever. But if you partake in social media, please also help us out by following us on Twitter. It's at NoGradPod, N-O-G-R-A-D-P-O-D, at NoGradPod on Twitter. Uh, I've got a post pinned to my account to direct you guys there, make it easy for you. And on Instagram at Never Graduate Podcast. So for this to work, not only do I need you guys to listen, like that, yes, we need listens, we need downloads, we need that for sure. But we also need to attract new listeners from across the country and following us and interacting with us on social media is the best way that you guys can help us do that. We do, get, I mean, believe it or not, we do get questions you know, pretty frequently like asking what they can do to help. And we've always said in the past, like rate, review, all that kind of thing, which you guys have been great at. But um, following us on on social media, interacting with us, that is a huge help. And of course, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. That'd be a huge help if you listen to it, if you know what we're about and you enjoy it. Please, early on, give us a rating, give us those five-star ratings, give us a review, and that will really help us grow this podcast and, and get this thing launched and get it going. So please don't be a stranger. Like, retweet, comment, share your thoughts on social media. Tell family and friends, tell coworkers, tell random people at the grocery store, roll down your run- window at the stoplight and tell the car next to you. Anything and everything helps. So I'm really excited about it. Again, this new podcast is called Never Graduate, a college sports podcast. The first episode is already posted. You can go listen as soon as you finish listening to this episode. You can follow us on Twitter, at NoGradPod, and on Instagram, Never Graduate Podcast on Instagram. So yes, again, I'll wrap it up here. I know this has been a lot, but thank you for all of your support over the years, and thank you all in advance for supporting this new podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, Charlie, can we get to some questions? I don't know. It was a record long introduction. Can Jesus you see Christ. How long it was? I know. And I, and I, I didn't want to go long, but I, I oh my God, 20, over 20 minutes. All right. I'm sorry, guys. I just wanted you to have all the details. I just wanted you to have all the details on I what's think going you got on. It. I think they got it by now, right? Are we ready to get no some questions started here? Pod and never graduate podcast. There you go. Boom. Yeah. All right. I don't know how to use Instagram. 
I, I, I would be happy to teach you, Charlie. I don't want to learn. I know you don't. I but I'll, I'll tell other people to check yeah, it out. Yeah, let's do it. All right, All right you ready good. for some questions? All right, yeah. Our first scheme theme. That's a hard word to say. Scheme theme. Scheme Question theme. of the day comes from AJ. Uh, he wants to know why teams like throwing fades in the red zone so much. He feels like it's a low percentage play in a critical moment. I agree. Yeah, I, I see why people would, would ask that question. And it's a good question because, I mean, it's not a particularly high percentage throw, right, Charlie? Like, right. I mean, you're just throwing out there. People call it a 50-50 ball. I would argue it's probably more than – well, in the red zone it might not be as much or it might not be more than like 70-30. But I feel like it's more than a 50-50 ball in other parts of the field. In the red zone, everything is condensed, right? So I know that makes it a little tougher. But I just had a flashback to the Tennessee game. Which Tennessee game? When we lost. Oh, the Hail Mary? Yeah. Well, that wasn't really a fade in the red zone. That was a Hail Mary. I know, but I was thinking small area, everybody rushing Mm. to one spot. Mm. And that's what came up. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Now we'd like to cry. And this is why we love having Charlie on the show. She really... uh, I'm a downer. mm. Yeah, well, I didn't say it. But yeah, so when you're in the red zone, here's the thing. You guys know this. The field is condensed. That's why it's really hard to score in the red zone because there's not as much space to operate in. I mean, you know, we did the air raid episode, was it last week, I think, and we're talking about on that scheme theme episode about how one of the, the primary objectives of the air raid system, one of the principles it's built on, is to utilize space, utilize the entire field. Well, there's not as much field to utilize when you're in the red zone. It's all condensed there. So what that means is offensively, it's harder to create stretches, especially hard to create the vertical stretches. Like if you send a guy on a vertical route down the field and you have a guy run the flat, it's harder to do that because there's not as much space to operate in. And also what you see in the red zone is the middle of the field is very, very busy because everyone's kind of tight in there. The simple fact is there's more space to work with on the outside. So again, your offense is about attacking space. And if you're in the red zone, there's not a lot of space anywhere, but there's more space on the outside. It's also where you can create more one-on-one opportunities because you can't put a ton of guys, you can't put like, you can't triple team a guy, I guess you could, a receiver out wide, but if you do that, then you're taking bodies away from the run game and then you can just run it into the end zone, right, Charlie? So you see a lot more one-on-one opportunities outside in the red zone. And so the idea is like, you're just going to, like, you're going to match up your best player against their guy. You're going to go man-on-man and see who wins. And that's more of a high percentage play than like throwing it across the middle of the field. So that's kind of what they're looking at there. And I'll also add this. With the back shoulder fade kind of exploding in popularity over the last decade, I would say it's not even really a jump ball anymore. Now, it's a lower percentage throw in the red zone. Yes, it is in other parts of the field because it is so condensed there. But with the back shoulder fade, the quarterback and the receiver, I mean, they're reading the leverage of that defender. If the defender's playing over the top to take away the fade, you just throw it back shoulder, and you can't really stop it if you execute it properly. And if they're they're playing the back shoulder, then what you do is you just throw the actual old school fade. And again, depending on their leverage, they're kind of out of position. They can't really stop it if the offense makes the throw and they catch the ball, if they execute. So I don't know. It's it's more about that really than anything. And I also add this last thing here. It's a safer play. Not only is there more space to operate with out there, but if you throw the ball in the middle of the field in the red zone, you are asking for trouble. Like every time we throw the ball in the middle of the field in the red zone, like you know, in the middle of the end zone, like I hold my breath, man. Like I stop breathing for a minute or two, or not a minute or two, for like a couple seconds because I'm like, oh my god, is it gonna get picked off? Is there's so many bodies there? There's fewer bodies out wide, so it's just a safer play. The idea is you throw it out there on a fade, either your guy catches it or no one does. And so, I mean, to me, Cardinal sin number one in the red zone is turning the ball over. Like, if you get down there, like, yeah, of course you want touchdowns. You want to convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns. Clearly, that can be the difference between winning and losing. But you know what else can be the difference between winning and losing? Turning the ball over inside the red zone. So that's another part. But not only is there more space out there, more opportunities to make the catch, but you also have less of an opportunity to turn the ball over. So for all those reasons, that's why you still see so many coaches utilize the fade in the red zone. I know it's not a particularly high percentage play, but... I mean, Charlie, what play is high percentage inside the red zone? Pick plays, maybe, or higher percentage, but you don't have a ton of high percentage plays in the red zone because there's not much space. Everything's condensed. All right. Thank you for that in-depth explanation. That's what we do, Charlie. The intro might be longer than the answers today. Just kidding. I mean, well, it kind of was going to be, Charlie. We had three announcements to make. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from Carson, and I really like this question because over the years, 
defensive schemes have become more creative, more complex. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wants to know, or she, if you were running a defense and you could only play one coverage for every single defensive snap, what would it be and why? Mm. That is a really good question, Charlie. A big part of me would want to say just like straight up press man coverage, but that will get you burned if you did that if you did only that. Now, there are variations of that that I think I would lean towards. I mean, this is a really tough question because Coverages really are situational. You're right, Charlie. Things have become, like, as offenses have become more advanced and more creative, defenses have had to kind of respond in kind. And, and so all these different coverages are really more situational in nature. And I'm a true believer, like Kirby Smart is, that you can't only do one thing. Even if you do it really well, if you only do one thing, like eventually really good offenses with really good players like Alabama or whoever it is, like they're going to be able to figure you out and they're going to hurt you. They're, you know, you got to be able to switch it up and do different things. You got to be multiple, Charlie. That's the phrase here. Like you got to be multiple. It's going to be multiple on offense. You got to be multiple on defense. But I'll play the game here. I'll, I'll do this. I think if I had to pick one coverage to play every single snap, you got to pick a, a coverage that's really flexible that can be different things to kind of counter the flexibility of offenses, especially with RPOs. They made offenses really, really flexible where they have multiple plays built into each other, you know, whether it's a run-pass option, depending on what the defense does. I think you need that same flexibility on defense. I think defensively you need to be able to morph into whatever, like morph into different coverages or different fronts based on whatever the offense does. Like when they have, like with RPOs, offenses have an answer for the defense, no matter what the defense does. I think the defense has to have an answer for the offense, no matter what the offense does. And for me, the best of both worlds, of all worlds, would be quarters coverage. And like at its base level, quarters coverage is what you think. You divide the, the deep portion of the field into quarters, into fourths, right? So it's like four deep coverage, but not necessarily. It's only if it needs to be four deep. Really, the only time it's four deep is if the offense is running four verticals, like four vertical routes down the field. So yeah, ostensibly, quarters is technically a zone coverage, but if it's if it's like four verticals, four vertical routes, it turns into man. So it can be man coverage. It can be zone coverage. It just depends on what the offense is doing. And I like that flexibility. I also would say that quarters coverage is awesome against the run. That's one of the other things too, is like when you're picking a coverage, it's not just about defending the pass because you don't know if the offense is going to run the ball or throw the ball on any given down. So you need to be in a coverage that can be structurally sound against the run or the pass. I think I think quarters gives you, again, the best of both worlds there. So, and not to go too deep into quarters here, I think we've broken this down maybe last year, but with quarters, based what the safeties are doing is they're reading the number two wide receiver to their side. If they read run based off the release of, of that number two receiver and what they're doing, then the safeties are triggering downhill at the snap in run support. Like they have run responsibilities if they read run. But if they read pass, then, you know, obviously they have pass coverage responsibilities. So with that, I mean, it keeps you structurally sound against the big vertical shots on the field, but you can also get eight or nine defenders in the box if it's if it's run. So yeah, you can you can defend yourself against explosive plays in the pass game and also take away the run game with the same coverage. So if I had to pick one, again, I'm not a fan of playing only one coverage all the time. Michigan State used to do this a lot with Mark D'Antonio and, and Pat Narduzzi. Like they basically just ran quarters coverage with their base defense and that's all they ever ran. But then offenses got smart to it and figured it out and started hurting them a little bit and they had to adjust a little bit. So they're not the same exact as they used to be. Even Pat Narduzzi at, at Pitt's not like, I mean, it's still quarters coverage, but he still does some things a little bit differently to counteract what offenses have been doing to, to, to really attack them. But if I had to pick one, I think quarters coverage is the most flexible of all those coverages to play. All right. Henry has a question about bubble screens, which I feel like every time I see a bubble screen, it's just a nightmare. You hate bubble screens. I do. Did you, did you, are you Henry? Did you send this question? I did not. Because you complain about this all the time. Like, why are you throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage? I just, it doesn't, it's, I very rarely see it work. Okay. In like, terms of gaining yards, okay. Real productive. I know you're setting up for future yes, plays. Yes, yes, yes. But it just, it drives. Ugh. I guess I want instant gratification. You want the big plays all the time. I do. So, Henry asks, why have bubble screens become so popular across college football over the past several years? He understands that you want to get playmakers the ball, but wouldn't it make more sense to get them the ball beyond the line of scrimmage? 
Are you really sure that you're not Henry? I mean, no. Because I feel like you've asked me this variations of the same exact question like multiple times. That's I mean, okay. you could probably explain it to me 18 times and I'm still going to be like, but why? No, you'll get it. Give yourself some credit. All right. Well, fair, fair. You are you're a very anti-bubble screen. I'll give you that. All right. Well, Henry, great question. Charlie, if you have the same questions again, great question. But there's a number of reasons why bubble screens are, I still say, very much popular in college sports, right? Like you see this every single Saturday. All the time. Every team runs bubble screens, some more than others, but every team has got it in their offense. But here's the answer to your question, Charlie. I get what you're saying. You're right. You see people, teams swing it out there and maybe they don't get, you know, they get three or four yards, maybe not a huge gain on bubble screens. And you're like, man, this is kind of a waste of play. I get what you're saying. But really what it does is it actually helps your run game more than anything. It's not so much about how many yards you gain throwing the bubble screen. Any yards you get throwing that play, throwing that pass, like really it's just gravy to offenses because this is a classic constraint play. That's really what a bubble a bubble screen is. And like, look, there are some offenses that call bubble screens in the huddle just, hey, we're going to run a bubble screen. But most of the time when you're seeing teams throw bubbles in today's college football, it's an RPO. It's, it's like tagged to a run play. And really what it is, it's a horizontal stretch on that star defender. With the bubble screen, you're trying to target the star defender, that slot defender on the defense, and you're trying to put that defender in conflict. That's who the quarterback is reading. Because what the quarterback looks at is, okay, I'm, I'm reading the star defender. He knows the star defender has run responsibilities. They also have passer responsibilities. So you're putting them in conflict. You run the bubble screen, and he's responsible for that, but he also has run responsibilities. So what the bubble does is it ideally is going to keep that star defender out of run support. If they cheat against the run, the quarterback just throws it out to that bubble wide receiver who's out there in space now. Um, and then if the safety tries to replace and, and fill that and fill that void and take on the bubble screen, which is usually what you see, well, now you don't have safety help over the top of the number one wide receiver, and now you, the defense is vulnerable to vertical shots down the field. And then if the star defender stays out there to cover, like, so let's say you throw the bubble three or four times, right? And you get a couple yards on them. Well, they eventually they want to take that away. So what's the star defender going to do? He's going to stay out there in the bubble, and he's not going to defend against the run. He's not going to insert against the run as aggressively. So that opens up the run game more because you have – basically you're taking a defender out of the box, Charlie. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yep. So there's fewer defenders inside the box for the offensive line to have to block, which means you're going to have the numbers advantage and a better opportunity to be able to run the football. Correct. That's really what it's designed to do. Yes. It's not so much like you're trying to get a 50-yard play with a bubble. That's great if you do. It's more about the run game than anything. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. Aaron wants to bring up last season's narrative mm. Georgia. Hmm. And their offense. Mm, George's offense sucks. Did you know that, Charlie? Yes. So, Aaron says that he knows that you, Tyler, have said George's offense was elite last season and that the slower pace that the dogs operated at was the reason for the narrative of the offense not being elite. Mm -hmm. So, he wants to know, if we're so efficient, why don't or can't we operate at a faster tempo like a lot of other teams do? Wouldn't we score more points that way, which would help change the narrative? Charlie, this is why I love our listeners. It's a great question. All these are great questions. So yeah, Aaron, it's a great question. I hear what you're saying, man, and I, I'm I I'm not gonna lie. Like I I've shared some of those frustrations at times. I wish that we would run with more tempo. Here's what I would I would say though. I don't think that we should want run tempo all the time. It'd be one of those teams that like Tennessee, Charlie, right? That wants to go at a rapid pace every single snap the entire game. Yeah. I am in favor of working it in strategically. The Falcons used to do this with Matt Ryan years ago. We did it occasionally with Jake Fromm. I wish we would do more of that, just kind of catch the defense off guard here and there. Because 
I feel like we can operate effectively and efficiently in those situations, especially when teams aren't really prepared for it, not preparing for it all week. And it also gives them something else to prepare for during the week. So I wish we would do more of it, but I'm not a, a fan of doing it exclusively. That's what you do. Again, like a la Tennessee or Auburn was under Gus Malazan. Because what you have to understand, the big thing about our offense is that we play complementary football. The misconception with Kirby Smart is that Kirby doesn't want to score points. Kirby hates offense. That is ridiculous. Kirby Smart wants to win football games. How do you win football games? You outscore your opponent. Kirby wants to score points, but he also knows that if you go at that pace, your defense, because you're going to have three and outs at times, Charlie, right? Yeah. It happens. Even the best offenses go three and out. Even Alabama, even Ohio State sometimes go three and out. And when you go three and out and you're running a play every 10 seconds, your defense is right back out there on the field. If you do that consistently, your defense is eventually going to get worn out. And here's the thing. Your offensive linemen get worn out. Look at the Tennessee game last year, case in point, Charlie. They were giving us a game for the first quarter and a half of that game. they They, got tired. And they got worn out. Their offensive line got worn out. Their defense got worn out. And we flat out took it to them. So when you have a defense that is going to be as strong as ours is year in, year out, some years better than others, but it's going to be consistently awesome with Kirby Smart and the talent that we have on defense, you're always going to kind of lean on that. And you don't want to put that defense in in harm's way. Like you don't want to make it harder on the defense. So for that reason, that's why I would not want to go like full time tempo, but I would be in favor of doing a little bit more often. But the bottom line is like, Yes, you. we would score more points if we ran with more Tim because we run more plays. You run more plays, you score more points. Absolutely, that logic is sound. It makes sense. But even though we'd score more points, I also think we'd give up more points because our defense would be out there on the field more. So there's a little bit of give and take there. But the bottom line is Kirby Smart wants to play complimentary football. He wants to score points, but he wants the offense to complement the defense. And the best way to do that is to go at a very leisurely pace, if we're going to be kind, Charlie. That's kind of what we do. Very leisurely pace. All right. Uh, Jared has our next question, and he starts off by giving you a compliment on how wonderful the Air Raid episode was. Well, thanks, Jared. Appreciate um, it. And he says, you discussed how one of the main principles behind modern offensive football is spacing and taking advantage of the entire field. So is spacing being so important, why does the Georgia offense run so many tight sets with the wide receivers basically aligned as tight ends? That is a great... God, another great question. You guys are all over this. Yeah, I've been asked this a couple times, and I totally see where you're coming from, right? Like, you, you want to space out the defense, but if everyone's there... Like, how? here's what I usually get, Charlie. How does it help us running the football if we have all of our players there packed together in one spot, right? Don't you want to space the field out, get the defenders out of the box? Isn't that what it's about? I get that. It's a very fair question. Here's the reason for that. It's all about angles, you what these condensed splits do, what they call nasty splits. Uh, that's a weird name. That's what they call them. Nasty splits or condensed splits by the wide receiver. What they do is they allow the receivers to have better angles on the players they are trying to block. That's really what it's all about. You're trying to get better angles. Uh, like blocking guys, yes, you want to be big and strong and all that. More than anything, offensive line play, I guess receiver play, if you're talking about blocking, it's about angles. It's about leverage and about angles. It's about having, it's about being lower than the guy you're trying to block and having better angles on him. That's really what it's about. If you get, if you have the advantage in leverage and angles, you're going to block that guy nine out of 10 times, unless he's just that much bigger, better, and stronger than you are. So that's really what it comes down to from a blocking standpoint. When we, when we run the ball from condensed splits like that, those nasty splits, it's all about getting angles on those defenders that we're trying to block. The other thing I would say especially if we're trying to throw the ball out of those sets, there are certain routes and route combinations that only work from those nasty splits, those condensed splits, particularly crossing routes. What I would encourage you guys to do, if you're watching a game, whether it's Georgia, because we do run a lot of, of nasty splits, a lot of condensed sets, tight sets, whoever it is that you're watching, bunch sets is another way to, to describe it. Whoever you're watching, us, whoever it is, and they're in those condensed sets, bunch sets, whatever, look for a crossing route. That is that is a dead giveaway for a crossing route. There's, there's a reason why the offense is putting the receiver in that location, not out wide. You have to ask yourself, why would the offense possibly want to put this receiver or these receivers here? What can they do from this vantage point that they couldn't do out wide? Number one, you get better angles blocking. You got to think about that. Number two, you can now run those crossing routes and get all the way across the field a lot faster than you previously could. The other thing that they can do from condensed sets is run 
pick plays, right? Well, what defense would call pick plays, what offense would call rub routes. Because you have to be close together to create those rubs. And so defense, what defenses do a lot of times when they see that, if they're in man coverage, they'll automatically check to some sort of zone coverage. If there's a, a bunch set or a condensed set of some sort, because they one of the things they're thinking is like, okay, either they're trying to block and get angles, they're trying to run across the field with a crossing route, or they're trying to pick me. And if I'm in man coverage, I'm I'm gonna get picked. So you go to zone coverage, you can automatically check that. Not every defense does that, but a lot of defenses do have some variation of that. So that is the idea behind it. And, but kind of like with the last question, with Aaron's question, I, I share your frustration at times. I do think there's benefits from it, and I think you need to do it at, from time to time to attack defenses in different ways. But I would honestly like to see us do less of it. I would like to see us start to spread the field more than we do and stop getting everybody there in a phone booth as much as we do. And like, it's hard to argue because like we just won a national championship, and I, I've said all offseason, I think our offense is elite, but I would also like to see us maybe – attack more space than we have in the past couple of years that that would be i love todd monk i think he's fantastic but my one very amateur critique of todd monk would be i wish we would utilize space a little bit better than we have all right we have one more question for today to close out our scheme theme mailbag our question comes from warren he says thank you for doing the scheme theme episodes for everyone um he has a question about different types of run plays he has heard you and other broadcasters talk about zone schemes versus gap scheme runs. Mm-hmm. And he understands that a zone run is when the running back is running to a specific zone of the offensive line. But he wants to know the difference between a zone and a gap run. Yeah, Warren's a great question. You've more or less got it. Like with, the, with the zone runs, you're right. Like The running back is more or less running to a specific zone of the offensive line. And I'll add, too, the offensive line is also blocking a specific zone, right? So with the offense, let's, let's think with the offensive line first. On a zone run, the offensive line is not blocking a specific man. So when I was growing up, probably a lot of you too, when I was playing football growing up, the offensive line, like when coaches were drawing up the playbook, it was all man blocking. And that's what gap schemes are. Gap scheme is another phrase for man blocking. So like pin and pull, power plays, counter, all that kind of stuff, ISO plays, those are gap scheme runs. They're basically you are, as an offensive lineman, you have a specific guy you are responsible for blocking, right? So again, like when I was in high school, little league, whatever, and coaches are giving you the playbook and you're reading the playbook and the, this, the center's blocking this guy, guard's blocking that guy, tackle's blocking this guy, using this kind of block. Those are all gap schemes. Those are all man blocking runs. Whether you say you have this man to block, this is your guy, go block him. Zone, uh, and this really became popularized with the Denver Broncos, like Terrell Davis back in the day. I think Alex Gibbs was the offensive line coach. And now it's proliferated to all levels of football. Every team in America runs it, some more than others, but every team runs some variation of zone runs. And we run a lot of inside and outside zone. We still have some some gap scheme stuff. We'll run counter. We'll run we'll run power from time to time. But we we are we've become pretty heavy inside outside zone, especially with some of our RPOs. They're almost all inside or outside zone. But zone blocking is a little bit different. You're not blocking a specific man as an offensive lineman. You are taking what they call a zone step. Basically, it's a lateral step that's slightly upfield to whatever side, you can be your right to your left, whatever side the play's called, and you are blocking an area, blocking a zone. The offensive line is moving in unison. They're all like, it's like a wave of linemen. They're moving as one, and they're blocking the front up to the second level, up to the linebackers, and they're basically kind of washing everyone away, washing everyone down. And so that's what the offensive line is doing. What the, and this is a simplification of all this, but the running back is reading usually a defender. And it can be different for different teams. They have different indicators, but they're usually reading like the linebacker more often than not. And so what the running back is going to do in a zone run is they're going to, they're going to press the line of scrimmage and then they're going to make the decision on where to cut back or cut up the field, like where to hit the hole based on the leverage of that defender they are reading. So the linebacker, let's say, gets over the top really fast on a, on an outside zone. Well, then that defend that running back is going to stick his foot in the ground and cut up field real quick. If the linebacker is really slow in reading it and kind of slow playing it, and he's not getting over the top, well, then the running back wants to get over the top faster and take the play further to the edge. So that's one of the big differences for the running backs. There's not a set hole. It's like an area. The running back is told, hey, take it right or take it left. Take it inside or take it outside. They're not told, hey, you're running in the two hole, the four hole, the six hole, like you are like in a gap scheme. You're told a specific gap you're hitting. 
with a zone scheme, the running back's not told to hit a specific gap. They're looking for the cutback. They're looking for open space based off what opens up with the offensive line trying to wash everyone down. So that's the big difference. Again, zone is all about moving to an area for the offensive line and the running back. Gap scheme is man blocking. That's like old school pin and pull stuff, ISO, power, counter, all of those things. And I think like like everything, you gotta be multiple. I think in today's age, you gotta be able to do both. I still love old school power. Like when I say power, not like, hey, we're gonna run down your throat. The actual power play, I call it God's play, where you have two guys pulling from the backside, one's kicking out the defensive end, one's leading up a kind of ISO and everyone else is blocking down. That is the most beautiful play in all of football, in my opinion. I love it. And you just don't see as much anymore. You see a lot more zone stuff because it's easy. You don't have to, like zone, you don't have to have the big massive offensive line because you're kind of just moving down the line and the running backs reading cutbacks, all that kind of stuff. Man, gap scheme stuff, you want bigger offensive line that can actually like create movement and push guys around. So you don't see it as much. I love it. I absolutely love that play. It's God's play, man. But you uh, don't see it as much. So zone stuff has become very popular, but you got to be able to do both. So there you go. Zone gap. That is a, a little crash course in the difference between those two. But uh, that's it, Charlie, right? Yeah. That is it for us today, guys. Uh, very much appreciate you humoring us at the beginning of the show, kind of giving you an update on the podcast and what is in store in the future for you guys. So again, it's Never Graduate Podcast, uh, a college sports podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to it right now if you want to. I think it's a, a I think it's a good first episode, you know, all things considered. I'm sure we're going to get better as we go, but I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are too. Follow us on Twitter at NoGradPod. Follow us on Instagram, Never Graduate Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, whole nine yards. You guys are awesome. We love you very, very much, and uh, we appreciate your help on this new venture. But Send it to your friends and your family. Yes. Anyone you know. Everyone. Retweet, like, all that stuff. We need you guys. We really do. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you sincerely. Thank you guys for listening. Charlie, it's so great to have you back. Are you going to be back next week? We'll see. Oh, I'm going on vacation. Oh, so yeah. We have a lot of a lot of recording to be done over the next couple of days. All right. Well, so, yeah. let me know when you need me. Charlie will be back, if not next week, the next week. All right, so thank you guys. We love you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie. I'm Tyler. As always, guys, go dog.